Welcome to the CityGate Church podcast. Today's message was recorded at our live Sunday services, and we hope that it encourages you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're going to carry on today with a series that we began after Easter on discipleship. Let's all say discipleship. Let's say make disciples. That is what Jesus charged the church to do. I know we need to remind ourselves, we haven't been in this for over two months now, but that's okay. I think it'll all come back very quickly. We spent a month on our personal devotion, which was, I found that so encouraging, so life-giving to hear how different people do their, their own personal devotion, the importance of prayer and the Word of God, the importance of worship, all of these things, and I know it's made a difference in a lot of people's lives because we've heard, we've heard the word, yeah, that, that really blessed me. Yeah, that, that re- I've taken that, I've applied that in my own life, which is a good thing to do. We then went into a month on connection about how the Christian life is a life of connection. We connect with each other, we connect with God, we connect with the church, we connect with the world, we connect with friends, we connect with family. We had all of that going on in that month of connection. Then we had a month on our, on our generosity, how the life of God is a giving life. Therefore, if we're going to be disciples, if, well, for God so loved that He gave, and if we're filled with the love of God, then we are givers, Amen. So there is a generosity that is in the heart of the believer. We live to give. Then we went into summer Sundays and we've just had the last few weeks when it's just been general words into the church of stir up and of encouragement. And I believe things that God has wanted to say into the life of the church, choose life and stir up the gift that is in you, finishing well. All these things God's been encouraging us with. But Today we're going to carry on and we're going to spend these next four Sundays in in an aspect of our discipleship, which is the fourth of five aspects of our discipleship here in CityGate Church. Jesus said, go and make disciples. It is the job, it is the responsibility of the church to make disciples. We've got to take that personally. It is not just the job of the Christian to be a disciple. Okay, are we awake here today? Yes. See, so often we think, oh, it's my responsibility. I've got to be a disciple. No, you've got to make disciples. You've got to make one. You've got to make one. And if we're going to make disciples, then we need to understand what a disciple is. We certainly have to be one, and then out of the quality of our life, we can make others. Because you reproduce after your own kind. So it's really important what we are. It's really important, because what we are is what we're going to reproduce, which is why things can go off so quickly. But if we get it right, then we produce the right thing. Hello? If we understand that God's a God of love, then we can reproduce the love of God in people's lives. If we understand that God is a God of giving, then it's easy to reproduce that in other people's lives. What we are, we give. Who we are, we reproduce. It's not the job of the pastor to make disciples. Oh, can I go there? It's not the job of the pastor to heal the sick. 
It's not the job of the pastor to, to, you know, to make disciples and to pastor it. No, it's the job of the believer is to make disciples. See people come to Christ, lay hands on the sick. It's our job. And there's this incredible passage in Ephesians 4 where it says the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor and teacher equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So that means we're all in the ministry. What ministry? Making disciples. Making disciples. So we got to know how we are to be in order for us to be effective in reproducing after our own kind. In, in the 16th chapter of Matthew, from verses 13 to 19, it says this, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, he asked his disciples, so he's talking to his disciples, people who are, were disciples, saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said, but who do you say that I am? What we know about God is what we can live in about God. And what we know about God is what we can reproduce in other people about God, by his spirit, by his word. So Simon Peter answered and he said, you are the Christ, the anointed one, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said, wow, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say that you are Peter, you are rocky, you are rock-like now. You're a person of substance. You're a person of strength. You're unshakable. You're not sand, you're not sinking sand, you're not wave of the sea tossed and free. Now you are rock like Peter because you have heard the voice of God on the inside. And upon this rock of revelation, upon this rock of hearing the voice of God, upon this rock of, I didn't get it with these ears or with these eyes, but upon this rock of hearing God and it becoming life and strength on the inside, upon this rock of revelation, I'm going to build my church. I mean, this is a turning point, as it were, in our understanding in the life of Jesus. He says, who do people say that I am? And a right answer said, that is the foundation of the church. Not just the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. Of course, he is the chief cornerstone. But the rock that God's built on, that God builds on, is revelation. Revealed knowledge. What we have on the inside, if we're built strong, we're unshakable. If we hear God, then the enemy can't overwhelm us in that area that we've heard God about. I say to so many people, you need a word from God. You need a word from God. I must have said it a dozen times this week. You need a word from God. Hello? Look at someone say, you need a word from God. You need a word from God. Every major decision needs a word from God. Are you with me this morning? Every decision you make needs a word from God. Not, not everyone do I buy chicken tonight or fish. You don't need a word of God on that one, all right? Don't get super spiritual on me. But any, any decision that involves life directions, things that affect other people, we need a word from God. We need a word from God. Now, sometimes God will say, you do what you want to do. 
God, do I buy this house or that one? Whichever one you want. Just wherever you go, be a blessing. Do I marry this one or that one? No, let's not go there. That's for Saturday. That's for Saturday. <laughs> Sometimes you don't need a word from God in that one. You need a word from the mother-in-law. Just a thought. <laughs> Upon this rock, I will build my church. Notice the church is something that's built. Something that's built. And the gates of Hades, hell, whatever, however you want to interpret that, the gates of, of hell shall not prevail against it. Just, just get your thinking straight on that one. The gates are not coming against you. You are storming the gates. This hasn't got anything to do with attacks of the enemy. Nothing at all. When you know you've got a word from God, you go against the enemy's camp. You go against the enemy's territory. Not that he has any now because he's been defeated, but you go against the enemy. And whatever you go against is going to give way before you. Whatever it is, is going to give way. The gates can't keep you out when you've got a revelation. Cannot keep you out. Cannot keep you contained. Cannot keep you out of that next step for your ministry, for your life, for your business. When you're built with the Word of God revealed in the heart. And I will give you, Peter, and anybody who builds this way, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus said, I will build my church. And church, we want to build with him. Amen? We want to build with him. I am not interested in just gathering church on a Sunday. I want to build a church for eternity. I want to build church that sees the lost, saved, the sick, healed, the poor, needs met, marriages restored, kids turn out to be awesome world changers. I want to build Church, I don't just want to sing a few songs, preach a few messages, pat each other on the back and go home and just go about our everyday business. I am not interested in a Sunday club, in a Christian organisation. I'm not interested in all just being nice to each other. Hey, isn't this nice? I want to build a church that is unshakable with the fire of God in it, with the love of God moving through it, with a vision, with a passion with a calling. We want to build with God. We want to build with Him. And as we build with Him, there are ways to build, which is involved with our discipleship. Now, Jesus goes straight in here and He says, I'm giving you keys. I'm giving you keys. If you got the keys, the door's just open. The situation just opens up. If you got the keys, then you've got the answer. You've got the strategy. You know, there are keys to life, there are keys to a successful marriage, there are keys to a successful business, there are ways of doing things. And it's really important that we build church the way God builds church. 
Jesus said, I will build my church, but then we know we build with him. So I want to know the keys for building. I want to know the keys for being a disciple. Can I hear an amen this morning? Now he goes straight into talking about authority. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. He goes straight. I mean, it's as if he, he puts everything in it. Because you hear from God, boom, this is, this is how I'm going to build my church. You're going to be undefeatable. You're going to be able to go into any situation and open the doors. And if they won't open, smash them down. Gates of hell can't prevail against you. And I'm going to give you authority to run things. That expression, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Listen to it in the amplified version. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind, whatever you declare to be improper or unlawful on earth must be what is already bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, declare lawful on earth must be what is already loosed or declared lawful in heaven. Now that's quite a lot of words in there, but it's basically saying heaven does things a certain way and if you hear the voice of God, then you make sure you take how he does stuff and you reproduce it around you. If he'd do it this way, then you do it this way. Whatever he declares to be the right way to do things, that's lawful, that's not allowed, then that's how we declare things to be. This speaks of a strength of building, a strength of living that builds something unshakable and undefeatable called the church of Jesus Christ. The church in the New Testament was robust. And I'm going to use a word here that... Um, probably, I don't know if it causes a reaction. I hope not, because it's what it says in the Bible. It says the church was so powerful, people feared the church. Nobody dared join the church, because it was so powerful. It was like, wow, something's going on there. It's like, wow, that's the church. Don't play about with it. I mean, you have stuff in, oh, do I want to go there? You have stuff in Acts chapter 5 where people lie in the presence of fire and they don't leave the meeting. They drop down dead. I mean, it's not, you don't really want to bring this up on a Sunday. Not really. People in a church service lied to the Holy Ghost And the fire of God, not the glory of God, they couldn't handle the consequences of their actions. Acts chapter 4, we find the apostles commanded to stop preaching and teaching in the name of Jesus. We find in Acts chapter 10, Simon wanted to buy the power of God from the apostles. He had money. Hey, I want to I do signs and wonders like you do. How much is it going to cost me? I mean, when's the last time anybody came up to you and said, I want to buy your ability to pray? I want to buy your ability to turn situations around. I want to buy it. I'm not talking about make a business out of it, but but, that's not a bad idea. But uh, (laughs) that that thing that says, guys, these, these guys are so on fire. There's so much power. There's so much authority here. 
People want to want to get hold of it. We're not trying to persuade people. They're pressing in. They're pressing in. Acts chapter 15, there was a huge debate because the Gentiles were getting saved and there was confusion. Do, do they eat kosher or not eat kosher? Do they, do, do they dress a certain way? Do they have to do certain things? Go to synagogue and, and all this sort of stuff. And the elders met and they said, this is how we're going to do stuff. This is what we expect. I mean, this thing was full of strength and full of authority. 2 Timothy 3.16 says this, all scripture is God-breathed. Every word from God is God-breathed and is effective. It is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting and for training. Just think about what that says. The Word of God is effective. It is profitable for teaching. We love that one. For training, we love that one. Rebuking. Oh. For correcting. 1 Timothy 5.20. Those elders who are among you who are sinning, rebuke them in the presence of everybody. How about that one? So that others might fear. Wow. I've got to tread really carefully today. The church is a place where the life of God is expected to have significant impact on people's lives. So I I want to ask myself the question today, do I want to build what I want or what he wants? I want to build what he wants. Because this thing is the most powerful thing on earth. The church of Jesus Christ is the most powerful expression of a group of people on earth. The church is not just a gathering of like-minded people who enjoy each other's company. We are an organized, cohesive family, body, army, temple, bride to fulfill a heavenly mandate. Can I say a calling? A calling. The high calling of God for our lives individually and for the body of Christ, which is to make Disciples. We are an empowered, anointed, on fire church who are known for our passion. This is the church of Jesus Christ who are known for our passion to turn the world upside down to make disciples of Jesus Christ. How do we do it? With an age old gospel which is so radical, which is so revolutionary, so counterculture that it brings hope, salvation, deliverance, wholeness, healing, wherever it is preached, 
salvation occurs in Jesus' name. This is the church of Jesus Christ and this is the gospel of the kingdom of God. Now you may think, where am I going with this message this morning? Well, the church is the most awesome idea that God ever had. That's why Jesus came. He died for the church. He died for the world, but he died for the world to get people out of the world and into the church. So the plan of God is the church of Jesus Christ. Because the church of Jesus Christ is the eternal bride of Christ. The church of Jesus Christ is the body of Christ. The church of Jesus Christ is the group of people that are going to know God's love and God's power and God's grace and God's glory for eternity. That's who we are. We don't just have a belief. We're not just one of many faiths in the world. We're the children of the Most High God. We're sons of God, heirs of God, co-heirs with Jesus Christ, with an eternity filled with and surrounded by the presence of God himself. So I want to start a series for the next four weeks on something that is absolutely central to us being everything God has called us to be. For the church being awesome. For your family being awesome. For your business being awesome. For your finances being awesome. For your marriage being awesome. And it's four weeks on accountability. Account- Let's all say that. Accountability. Accountability. And I've called today specifically, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. I think I could probably stand here for the next 24 hours and just keep saying it and something would explode. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. So as we go through this next, today, the remainder of today and the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about the most awesome aspects of accountability. Accountability is one of the most powerful scriptural principles that mean we fly, that we succeed, that we excel, that we become everything God wants us to be. Accountability. Let's just begin today very, very simply. What is the concept of accountability? What is accountability all about? Well, let's define this word accountability. This is a definition of accountability. Accountability is an assurance that an individual or an organization will be evaluated on their performance or their behavior in relation to something for which they are responsible. Can I say that again? Because there's a lot there. 
Accountability is an assurance that an individual or an organisation will be evaluated on their performance. Think of the key words. There's an assurance that people are evaluated on their their performance or their behaviour in relationship to something for which they are responsible. There's a lot in there. The Bible's got a lot to say about us being accountable. I'm not going to go through all the Bible verses. There are so many, so many verses about us being accountable in different things. I'm just going to pick out a couple here, just so it, Matthew 12, 36. This is, this is straight out the Word of God. We will give account, can I say we are accountable for every idle word that we speak. What do you do with that? I'm accountable for everything I say. Every idle word, I'm accountable for that. Who am I accountable to? Well, we'll answer some questions in the next three weeks and what it means. And What about this one, Romans 14, 12? We will all give an account before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, I'm not going to get into end time stuff here today, but there are two judges. There's the great white throne. Um, a judgment where God declares his judgment of the end times, which is actually for those who do not know Christ. I mean, that is just, it's Horrific. It is the judgment of God that says you did not receive Jesus as Lord. I thank God that I will not be standing at the great white throne judgment. Thank God for that. Because I've received Jesus as Lord. So I'm not even going there. (laughs) Good news. And neither are you if you've received Jesus as Lord. But there's this other one that is called the judgment seat of Christ, which is where the Christians go. And we're sort of held up, not embarrassing, not in front, you know, this is, I give an account for my life. I give an account for my life to Jesus Christ. According to what he's given me, what he's done, what he promised me, what he told me to do, Every word I've spoken, all sorts of things. And there are rewards, the Bible says. There are rewards for that. We're not in this sort of everybody ends up in the same. No, the Bible doesn't teach that just because everybody goes to heaven, we all end up the same. Just being really blunt there. There are rewards and some people suffer loss. But it says we give an account before the judgment seat of Christ. So I want to ask the question, who am I accountable to? Who are we accountable to? Well, number one, we're accountable to God. We're accountable to God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We're accountable to God. The second thing we're accountable to is we are accountable to the church. We are accountable as individuals to the church. The church is the pillar and the ground of church. Of truth. The church is what God is, is doing everything to build 
while we are here on earth. It's that unshakable place of worship, the family, the body, the bride. It is that place where God wants to fit us all together so we all work together. So it's not, you know, this misshaped bit of stone and that misshaped bit of stone. No, you know what he does? He puts us all together in the quarry. He knocks off your corners. He, he sort of, and the rough bits and he hones our lives. And as we all spend time with him and individually are transformed more and more into God's will for our lives. You know what happens? We all fit together. We are accountable to one another, to the church. How many of you know we're accountable to other people? We're accountable to other people. What other people? Family. I'm accountable to my wife and she's accountable to me. Hello? My kids are accountable to me. I'm accountable to other people. We are accountable to other people in life that can be a boss in a job. That can be other work colleagues. We're accountable. How we live our life affects other people. And we're also accountable, of course, to the laws of the land. This isn't too deep this morning. We're accountable to God, to the church, to people and to law. Isn't it interesting, the further away from God we get, the more laws we need to put in place. That's an eye-opener for a lot of people. If we just stuck with the kingdom of God, we wouldn't need most of the laws that we have. Because a godly character would ensure a certain lifestyle. Hello? But we have thousands and thousands and thousands of laws now because the world has departed away from God. So we need to try to contain people, but the more you try to contain people, the more they will rebel and push against because people don't want to be contained. That's for another day. Let's, let's say what accountability is not. Is this okay? What accountability is not. Because when I say that word accountable, I know what some of you are going, oh, what a horrible word. Well, no, it's an awesome word if it's not abused. And if it's not misused, what is accountability not? You see, accountability, of course, can be abused. Where people decide, I'm going to decide what's best for you. Whoa. Hang on a minute. I thought God made me me. I'm not talking about anarchy. But what is accountability not? Well, it's not judgment. It's not control. It's not the loss of free will. Let this really sink in today. It's not manipulation. And it's certainly not punishment. It's not subservience. And it's certainly not forced conformity. You see, what happens so much in the world, but sadly, whenever you get a group of people together, is out of fear and out of pride and various other things, what happens is that which often starts as a free will gathering becomes a, a forced conformity. Hello? 
And there's nowhere like the church for forced conformity. It didn't take long for a whole congregation to all wear the same clothes. Hello? Doesn't take long for a whole congregation to act a certain way. It's, got no, it's just, oh, I've got words for this, but I can't say them because I'm a Christian. <laughs> I hate it with a passion. Control, forced conformity, manipulation. You do what I say. I hate it all. But it doesn't take much for that to happen. It's without a doubt the push in the world right now. Forced conformity. If I don't like it, then I'm going to force you to not like it as well. Hello? If I don't want to do it, I'm going to impose my preference on you that you're not going to be able to do it as well because I don't want to do it. Oh, man. And then people start to use the word accountable, but it's not accountability. It's forced conformity. We're all part of groups, church group, office group, family group, all sorts of groups. But where the group becomes the primary identity instead of the individual being the primary identity, we are going to have problems. What do I mean by that? We're part of a group, but I am me. Hello? I am me and you are you. If I have to change me to be a part of the group, then the group has got the primary identity. It's a bit deep for a Sunday morning. If I've got to change me to be a part of a group, then my identity is not the primary identity there. The group is the primary identity. But everybody wants to be part of a group. We all want to belong somewhere. And the church of Jesus Christ is something to belong to. And God says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And there are certain ways and models to build the church. But that does not conflict with the individual identity of the person. Hello? Are you with me today, yeah? Okay. When the group is the, is the primary identity, that is where you get your oppressive regimes and your religions. You've all got to do this at the same time. You've all got to wear this. You've all got to look like this. You've got to act like this. You've all got to say this. And it strips away the individual God-given 
identity and character of who God has caused you, called you and created you to be. Now, church is where Jesus is both Lord and Christ. Now, that refers to two aspects of Jesus. And if I can just make it really simple this morning, it refers to his power and his authority. Jesus is Christ refers to the fact that he is anointed to preach the gospel, open prison doors, uh, the recovery of sight to the blind, heal the sick, raise the dead, Christ. I know it also means that he's the anointed one. It doesn't mean saviour, it means Christ the anointed one. So when you refer to Jesus as Christ, you're really referring to his power. When you say Jesus is Lord, what are you referring to? His authority. But so often what happens is Christians, I've got to go there this morning, want Jesus to be their Christ, but are not too keen on him being their Lord. We want what he gives out. We want his power to heal the sick and break down strongholds and provide and whatever else, all the stuff that his anointing does destroying yokes and removing burdens. We want that, but we're a little bit less excited about the fact that he's Lord. We declare he's Lord of all, but is he Lord of all? Because lordship means authority, which actually means my life is accountable to his authority. Are you with me today? Today's just a little introduction Romans 8 verse 29 says this, For whom God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. I've used a word in the last few minutes about the errors of abuse of accountability. Forced conformity. Can I say what the word of God actually tells us to be conformed to? Not conformed to the style of a church. Not conformed to this culture or that culture. There's one thing that the Bible says we are to be conformed to. And that is to the image of Christ. Conformed to the image of Christ. You see, a church is not about you coming to church and being conformed to Citygate. Hello? Conform to this denomination. Conform to that denomination. No, not conform. You see, conformity, that word conformed, actually means you are morphed into. Morphed, which means, have you ever seen a face morph? It's sort of a young person and then it morphs into what they might look like when they're older. Have you ever seen that? That's an example of something morphing. That's a transformation. And the Bible says we are to be morphed into, conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he is Lord. Who he is, is what I need to change to be like. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit in me, to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. It's the work of the Word of God. It's the work of my discipleship. Oh, you're getting this this morning. 
What is discipleship? It's becoming Christ-like. It's becoming Christ-like. The Bible says, do not be conformed to this world. See, you're actually either going to be conformed to the world or to Christ. What we give our attention to, what we give authority to, is what we are going to be conformed to, transformed into. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2 says, imitate God. Watch God and do what he does. The wonderful thing about the church of Jesus Christ is this, is that I, as I come, as you come, as I come with who I am fearfully and wonderfully made, in the plan of God, with the personality that God has given me, with the gifts and the abilities that God has given me as the person God has made me to be. As I come and as I am part of the church, not conforming to look like you or how you do things or your personality or your giftings or your abilities, but as I fix my eyes upon Jesus and as I'm conformed into His image, and as you do the same thing, it doesn't mean to say that we all become like each other, but it means we all become like Him in our own individual way. This is so important for us to say. See, because so often accountability is used as forced conformity by some, some dictator that says, you've got to all be like me. Or you've all got to be like this. And that's how the world controls. And that's so often, sadly, how the church has fallen into error in times past. So many moves of God have been wrecked by the involvement of man. Come on, are you with me this morning? I feel like I'm preaching to a quiet congregation this morning. It's because you're talking about accountability. Ah, yeah, right, okay. I get it. You see, Jesus is Lord And that means I conform to his image. However, as I conform to Jesus and you conform to Jesus, we're going to fit together. Hello? We're going to fit together. The best way for a church to fit together is for us all to individually conform to Jesus. But so often, what happens is people try to push people together to try to fit together. But actually, if we all conform to Jesus, we will fit together. It goes across ethnic groups and racial divides and ages and styles and whatever else, as we conform to Jesus, we will fit together. It's quite simple. But what the world does is try to make everybody fit together without conforming to Jesus. And that's so often what religion does. Can I hit this fair and square this morning? We're not trying to force the church to get on. 
we're conforming to Jesus. And the result is an awesome church. Because we're all being conformed to Jesus. But number two, and I will close with this and the next point very quickly, is, is the cohesion of the body of Christ. The, the Bible doesn't say that we're to be conformed to one another, but it does say that we are to be cohesive. There's a whole passage I was going to read, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, about the body. For the sake of time, I won't read it today, but I'd encourage you to read it. We're all part of the body. The foot, the eye, the hand, the ear, the head, the kneecap, the elbow. We're all, we're all part of the same We're all part of the same body. And the Bible says we are individually members of the body. The finger's not an elbow, but they work together. The arm's not a knee, but they work together as we're all conformed to the head, Jesus Christ. Members individual does not mean independent members. And this, you know, you get people, don't you? You get people who are just so independent. They won't work with anybody. Have you got them at work? They're just like, will you get on team? And they're just independent. Individual does not mean independent. I'm so glad my finger is individual. But I'm so glad it's not independent. Hello? Aren't you glad your finger's not independent? If your finger was independent, you'd have to chop it off. Because it's independent, it's doing its own thing. I'm so glad I'm not here and my arm's just doing its own thing and, I, and I've got no, no, you know, it's not accountable to whatever else is going on with my body. It's just doing whatever it wants to do because, oh, it feels like it. It's, 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 it's who it's made to be. That's part of a body. And as we all take instruction from the head the whole body can grow and function well together. You see, discipleship is about being conformed to Jesus and cohesive with one another. Did you get that? Conformed to Jesus, but cohesive with one another. The Apostle Paul said this, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So we do take example from other people. It's not just about, oh, I just listen to Jesus. No, we listen to each other as well. As each other listens to Jesus. Lastly, we'll close with this. Accountability to a standard. I said in that little example earlier about, it's, it's about evaluation. An evaluation is where we are assessed against a set standard. I mean, we get this all the time at work and in sports, in all sorts of areas. And the standard for us is the Word of God. It's quite simply, the standard is the Word of God. And in the Kingdom of God, truth is what God has said. It's what God has said, the written Word 
of Almighty God. In the world, the standard is your feelings, your truth. Because truth is not a standard, it is subjective. It's something that you have for yourself and nobody else can can tell you that's truth or not truth because it's true for you. Hello, which is why we got such a mess. So therefore, I... If I'm in the world and I haven't got a standard of truth, but my standard of truth is whatever I want to do, then I can only be accountable to me. (laughs) What a mess. But in the kingdom of God, the standard is the Word of God. We evaluate ourselves and every part of our lives to the Word of God, to the written Word of God, not by law, but by character and by the kingdom of God. Um, principles that God has set in motion. I said earlier, we're accountable to God. Well, how are we accountable to God? Is it just what I feel that God has said to me? No, it's what God has said in His written Word. And whatever I feel has to line up with His written Word. Very simply. Today's just a real foundational understanding of accountability. What about things to the church? What about accountable to the church? Well, yes, but the church has got to be according to the Word of God. And this is where, again, you get cults and issues and problems where the traditions of the church become more important than the written Word of God. Where that happens, you're not being conformed, therefore, to the Word of God. You're not accountable to the Word. You're accountable to some man-made organisation. What about in the family? What about accountable to other people and, and, and in your job? Well, all the time you build according to the principles of God, then that's a healthy situation. Because we're accountable to the Word of God. So if we build the family according to the Word of God, then we can be accountable to the family. Oh, wow. What about the law, the laws of the land? What about the law? Well, there are Christians all over the world that are in prison for breaking the law, where the law was not in agreement with the written Word of God. So the Bible tells us to be accountable to the law, but not where the law undermines the Word of God. Are you with me today? So really it all comes down to the Word of God. Really. As we go through this series, we're going to be talking about all the benefits I mean, that's really what this series is about. All the incredible, incredible empowered outcomes of being accountable to God and to what God has set up. It's not conformity to man. It's not manipulation. It's not control. It's not laws and rules and rituals and regulations. It's conformed to His image and cohesion with each other. And as that works well, everything is better. Everything is better.
Prosperity flows where there's right accountability. Healing flows where there's right accountability. Church can see people come to Christ where there's right accountability. Today, really, I've wanted to do everything I can to, because I know there's probably people in this room and you've had a nightmare. You've been part of an abusive marriage and you thought, but I've got to honour my husband. And accountability has been abused. Perhaps you've been part of a church where it was so heavily controlled. Can I say this? So heavily controlled that people are squashed and manipulated. And it's not conforming to Jesus, it's conforming to some bloke's rules and regulations. It's nuts. Can I say that? It's nuts. But it happens moment by moment, time by time. And after five years, you think, I'm just dead. I'm just, I've just had the life controlled out of me. I can't do this, I can't do that. I can't say this, I can't say that. I can't wear this, I can't wear that. I can't do this, I can't do that. It's all the can'ts. You know, the Bible says, if you don't want to do something, don't do it. But don't you tell somebody else they can't do it. If somebody's faith says they can eat meat, let them eat meat. If somebody else's faith says, oh no, I'm only going to eat vegetables, eat vegetables. Who gives a rip? Who cares? If you can, if your faith says, no, I need to wear a skirt, wear one. If somebody else's faith says, I want to wear trousers, wear them. But be conformed to Jesus. Be conformed to Jesus. If your faith says you've got to get up in the morning at five o'clock and pray for an hour, well, do it. But don't tell me I've got to do that. Hello? Let me be conformed to Jesus. The way I'm going to be conformed to Jesus, according to my personality and my ability and my gifting and what God's called me to be. So your marriage does this. You pray every day together for an hour. Don't go and tell somebody else. They've got to do that. I'm going to go there, guys. Let them be conformed to Jesus. Are you with me? Let them be conformed to Jesus. And as we're all conformed to Jesus and are accountable to Him and are cohesive together, we're going to be the most incredible world-changing force this world has ever seen. Let's all stand to our feet today. I know that's been quite a, quite a morning. We, we really must close right now. We had so much going on today. We started late. Stuff wasn't working on the stage. Stuff wasn't working at the back. Things weren't happening. It's been one of those days. But this is a life-giving word. Be everything God has called you to be. Be everything. Conform to Jesus. Stop pointing the finger at other people who do it or don't do it the way you like it or don't like it. 
Let there be grace. Let there be love. Now we're going to find out there is accountability in the body. There is accountability. Of course there's accountability. But it's not controlled. Father God, we thank you today that, Lord, we want to be like Jesus. That's, that's our heart's desire. Jesus, you are our Christ and our Lord. And Lord, we want to present ourselves today to be conformed to your image, to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ in every part of our lives, our finances, our bodies, our marriages, our businesses. Lord, that we present ourselves to be accountable to you. Have your way in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen.